Well, good morning, everybody. This is Granny D, Dorcas Smith, out of Plymouth, Michigan. Welcome to our TR90 Body Burn 30 Weight Management Call, which runs from Monday to Friday, every day. For me in Michigan, it's at 9.40. For Susan in Portland, Oregon, it's 6.30. And I believe for um, Victoria Purper in Texas, it is 7.30. Or maybe it's 8.30. She'll tell me afterwards. Anyway, for those of you who get up at the crack of dawn to listen to this call, I am absolutely honored and impressed that you do that. Um, I do it at 9.30 in the morning. Of course, if I lived in California, it would still be 6.30. It doesn't make any difference. It's all relative. Regardless, welcome and glad you're here. So, it's a Monday morning. It is the 15th of February. Can you believe it's already the 15th? Whoa, time is flying. And I have been working on Brain Rules by John Medina. And last Recently, I've been working on long-term memory and short-term memory, but right now, we're on sleep, and sleep is one of those amazing things that you do every day that actually your body is probably in constant conflict. There's half of your body that's telling you you need to go to sleep, and there's another half of your brain or your body telling you you have to stay awake. So it is. there's definitely... Um, a fight going back and forth. But sleep is not just that quiet, nice little thing that you do every night. We actually have quite intense sleep activity. And it certainly is not necessarily a quiet time in our lives. It's a time when you get to solve problems, work things out. And if you're going to school and you're studying you're working hard on something, have a short nap after you um, do your studying or your learning, especially if it's a process and it will stay much better. You seem to practice it over and over in your sleep. Just don't let anybody wake you up so that you lose the learning that you did when you were asleep. So let me go. All right. So... Let's invert the question of sleep. How much sleep don't you need? In other words, what are the numbers that disrupt normal function? That turns out actually to be a very important question because it is possible to become dysfunctional with too much sleep or not enough. Whatever amount of sleep is right for you when when you are robbed of that in either direction, Bad things really do happen to your brain. So what has napping got to do with all this? Napping is actually a really good little activity to do every day if you can fit it in. Given that sleep rhythms fight their battles 24 hours a day, researchers have studied the skirmishes occurring not only in the night but also in the day. One area of interest is the persistent need to take a nap and to do so at a very at very specific times of the day. It must have taken some time getting used to 
if you were a staffer in the socially conservative early 1960s. Lyndon Baines Johnson, the 36th President of the United States and leader of the free world, routinely closed the door to his office in the mid-afternoon and put on his pajamas and proceeded to take a 30-minute nap. Rising refreshed, he would tell aides that such a nap gave him the stamina to work the long hours required of the U.S. Commander-in-Chief during the Cold War. Such presidential behavior might seem downright weird, but if you ask sleep researchers like William DeMent, his response might surprise you. It was actually LBJ who was acting normally. The rest of us who refuse to bring our pajamas to work are the abnormal ones, and DeMent has a fair amount of data to back him up. LBJ was responding to something experienced by nearly everyone on the planet. It goes by many names. The midday yawn, the post-lunch dip, the afternoon sleepies. We all call it, we'll call it the nap zone. A period of time in the mid-afternoon when we experience transient sleepiness. It can be nearly impossible to get anything done during that time. And if you attempt... Oops, I just lost my page. My, okay, and if you attempt to push through, which is what most of us do, you can spend much of your afternoon fighting the gnawing tiredness. It's a fight because the brain really wants to take a nap, and it doesn't know what it's, and it doesn't care what its owner is doing. The concept of siesta, institutionalized in many other cultures, may have come as an explicit reaction to the nap zone. At first, scientists didn't believe that the nap zone existed except as an artifact of sleep deprivation. That idea has changed. We now know that some people feel it more intensely than others. We know it is not related to a big lunch, although a big lunch, especially one loaded with carbs, can greatly increase its intensity. It appears rather to be part of our evolutionary history. Some scientists think that a long sleep at night and a short nap during the middle of the day at midday represent human sleep behavior at its most natural. When you start the process S-curve and the process C-curve, you can see that they flatline in the same place in the afternoon. Remember that those that these curves are plotting the progress of war between two opposed groups of cells and biochemicals. The battle clearly has reached a climatic stable stalemate. An equal tension now exists between the two drives, which extracts a great deal of energy to maintain. Some researchers, though not all, think this equanimity in tension drives the nap zone. Regardless, the nap zone matters because our brains... Don't well, our brains don't work as well during it. If you are a public speaker, you already know it's darn near fatal to give a talk in the mid-afternoon. The nap zone also is literally fatal. Most traffic accidents occur during it than at any other time of the day. Isn't that interesting? So the midday nap zone 
is a time of car accidents. Keep your focus up. Be ready. On the flip side, one NASA study showed that a 26-minute nap improved a pilot's performance by more than 34%. Another showed that a 45-minute nap produced a similar boost in cognitive performance, which lasted for more than six hours. Still, other researchers demonstrated that a 30-minute nap taken prior to staying up all night can prevent a significant loss of performance during that night. If that's what a nap can do, imagine the benefits of a full night's sleep. So, Medina says, let's look at what can happen when we ignore these internal forces and when we embrace them. So, have you ever said this? Let's sleep on it. I think you might recognize it. I know I've said it more than once. When I don't know what to do, I will often sleep on it because by the next day when I've slept on it, my brain has already come up with an answer. If central casting ever called you to suggest a character in history representing the archetypal brilliant but mad-looking scientist, Dmitry Avinovich Mandel, Man, Mendelev, nope, Mendeleev, M-E-N-D-E-L-E-Y-E-B, might be your top five on your top five list. He was hairy and opinionated. Mendeleev possessed the lurking countenance of a Rasputin, the haunting eyes of Peter the Great, and the moral flexibility of both. He once threatened to commit suicide if the young lady didn't marry him. <laughs> he once threatened to commit suicide if a young lady didn't marry him. She consented, which was quite illegal, because unbeknownst to the poor girl, Mendeleev was already married. This pre trespass kept him out of the Russian Academy of Sciences for a while, which in hindsight might have been a bit rash, as Mendeleev single-handedly systemized the entire science of chemistry. Mendeleev is the man who created the periodic table of elements, a way of organizing every atom that, that had so far been discovered. It was so prescient, it allowed room for all the elements yet to be found and even predicted some of their properties. But what's most extraordinary is this. Mendeleev says he first came up of the idea of the periodic table in his sleep, contemplating the nature of the universe while playing solitaire one evening, he nodded off. When he awoke, he knew how all of the atoms in the universe were organized, and he promptly created his famous table. Interestingly, he organized the atoms in repeating groups of Seven. Mendeleev is hardly the only scientist who has reported feelings of inspiration after having slept, of course. There is something to the notion of, let's sleep on it. What's the relationship between ordinary sleep and extraordinary learning? Mountains of data demonstrate that a healthy sleep can indeed boost learning significantly. 
in certain types of tasks. These results generate a great deal of interest among sleep scientists and, unsurprisingly, no amount of controversy. How should we define learning, they debate. Exactly what is improvement? But there are many examples of the phenomenon. One study stands out in particular. Students were given a series of math problems and prepped with a method to solve them. The students were not told there was also an easier shortcut way to solve the problems, potentially discoverable while doing the exercise. The question was, is there any way to jumpstart, even speed up their insights? Can you get them to put this other method on their radar screens? The actual answer is yes. One, when is the answer yes? If you allow the students to sleep on it. If you let 12 hours pass after the initial training and ask the students to do more problems, about 20% will have discovered the shortcut. But... If in that 12 hours you also allow eight or so hours of regular sleep, you won't believe it, but that figure of discovery of the shortcut triples to about 60%. No matter how many times the experiment is run, the sleep group consistently outperforms the non-sleep group by about three to one. Sleep has been shown to enhance tasks that involve visual texture discrimination, motor adaptations, and motor sequency. Sequen- sorry, motor se- sequencing. I'll read that again. Sleep has been shown to enhance tasks that involve visual texture dis- discrimination, motor adaptations and motor sequencing. The type of learning that appears to be most sensitive to sleep improvement is that which involves a learning of a procedure. Simply disrupt the night's sleep in specific stages and retest in the morning and you eliminate any overnight learning improvement. Clearly, for specific types of intellectual skill, sleep can be a great friend to learning but make sure it doesn't get disrupted. And I'm going to stop right there because it is now time, 9.55. I want to thank you for listening to the weight management call. I hope this information on sleep is of, is of use to you. I have lots more in the next week. Actually, next week I have more to tell you. But just remember, when you sleep well, you think well. So make sure you get that sleep in because it's very important for you to be a healthy soul. And if you lose your sleep for some reason, add it back in. You have to catch up. You don't want too much. You don't want too little. All right. So this is Granny D. Dorcas Smith out of Plymouth, Michigan. We have a weight management or a support call on One Team Global at 10 o'clock, which is in about four minutes if you want to build your business. 
I want to thank Brian Curry for all the amazing stuff he does on the technical side and Frank Lomas and all my speakers who assist getting this program out every day to keep your body healthy and well and in that lifestyle change where you are slim, trim, your brain is working and you feel good. May you have a great day. This is Granny D, Dorcas Smith. All right, let's get the right one. And on that note, I'm going to go sleep on it. (laughs) (laughs) I couldn't resist. (laughs) All right, that's all right. But, you know, if you don't know what to do and you're not sure, (laughs) definitely sleep on it because by the next morning, and tell yourself to solve it. Absolutely. When you're going to sleep, tell yourself to solve the problem. And chances are when you wake up, you'll have come up with a couple of solutions. Yes, indeed. Which is amazing when you think about it. Our brains are pretty are pretty incredible. They are at that. They are at that. So everybody, make sure you get that sleep. Because if you don't know how to solve a problem or you don't know what to do, as Susan teases me, sleep <laughs> on it. It will make you. Oh, it will help you. It really will. It's a great. It's a great little technique. So, and if you've been studying, like I said, if you have been studying, you must absolutely sleep on it. If you want to remember something, or you want to remember a process, or you've been you, there's something you want to do, read it, study it and sleep for 10 to 30 minutes, and that information will go into your long-term memory so much better, so much better. So use sleep. Use every technique you have to be healthy and to keep yourself motivated and enthused about life. Thank you for listening. Have a great day. This is Granny D, and tomorrow it is Zoom Day. Nikki Coyne will be doing one of her sessions. Have a great day, everybody. Thanks for listening. Okay, you too. (laughs) Bye. Bye Bye-bye.